The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is great. So, my friend Michael Levine messaged me a few weeks ago and he goes, do you know Rebecca Black? And I said, no, I don't. No, and he goes, that song Friday, like how could you miss have missed it? It was <laughs> it was really that time period. And I said, I don't know. I don't know how I could have missed it. And he goes, oh, you were in jail. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, you're the only person in the world oh, my God. who didn't know about Friday because oh. you were in jail. So then I texted a group, a group thread of my um, friends, like eight friends, two of whom are Canadian, one of whom is my husband, who's 45 years old. And I said, do you mm-hmm. know that Friday song? And then they all started. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Everybody knows that. And so I was like, I need to have you on because I'll forever be known for one thing. Sure. And you'll forever be known for one thing. Sure. The key is how do you turn that one thing into success? And I think that that is what makes our stories so Mm -hmm. interesting and makes us people of substance, you Mm -hmm. know, And, and gives people kind of hope that if Alexis you know, Nyers will forever be known as, you know, a twice convicted felon bling ring member. And Rebecca Black will always be known for Friday. But it's like what you do with it mm-hmm. inspires people. I want to go all the way back because I didn't realize how young you still are. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were I feel like, so old. I, I, I so relate to that. But I actually am older now, like old, <laughs> approaching 30. Oh. <laughs> Everyone who's older than 30 is like, all right, Alexis. Okay. I get it all the time. But I feel like I'm 65. Sure. Um, in this body of mine. I actually have severe vertigo today. The whole room is spinning. So you right really now. are tuning into the 65. I, I yeah. am. I'm like, oh my God, I have to hold on to the railing walking down the stairs. <laughs> I know. Hold on for dear life. So, but you're 23. 22. 22. Holy shit. Well, how old are so you? 29? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. You said almost 30. Well, okay. 28, 28. and a half. Sure. I don't know. As one, You'll see once you pass 25, you're almost 30. <laughs> you really feel that. You really feel that like, holy shit, I'm going to be 30. But people say those are like the best years. I, I can't sure wait. I'm sure they will be. Um, I think those people also like had all of their 20s, like probably kid free and sure. all that. And then I had my baby... My sure. oldest baby, who's six, when I was your age. Stop. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's so crazy to think Wild. about. I got married at 20 wow. and had my first child at 22 and my second child at 25. So so I'm hoping that, yeah, by the time I'm like 38 and my daughter is 16, <laughs> um, that I will, yeah, I'll enjoy my 30s, <laughs> the last two years of them. Um Wow. Okay, so that means when Friday came out, you were like 13. Yeah, I was 13. Holy cow. I know. 
That's wild. I know. Okay, so let's let's go back because YouTube wasn't that big back then. It was just totally different. Like yeah. YouTube at that point, people knew about it. It definitely wasn't like this new thing that nobody knew about, but it was like the place where like cat videos and like the <laughs> guy that talked about the rainbow and all that, like that's where all of that yeah. went to die. And so Friday was kind of like one of the first things I feel like that really changed the way that people looked at YouTube. Yeah. Um, music was starting to go up on there. And then I think all of it together is what made Friday what it was. So let's go. I want to go even farther back because I always love diving into people's like childhoods. Where sure. were you born and raised? Orange County, okay. Anaheim, okay, California. Uh, I was born to two veterinarians. Mm. I was like the one that wanted to sing, mm-hmm. and dance. And um yeah, I it was like a by chance thing that they had kind of like thrown, you know, I I don't know if this if, How old are your kids now? 6 and 3. 6 and 3. Are they like into dance or Yeah, my any older daughter karate is karate or anything? Already on the competition dance team. Love that. Yeah. Love that. That was me, yes. but she's wasn't that good of a dancer. She's a fucking overachiever. <laughs> Man, she is. <laughs> when she sets her mind to something, this is, you know, her goal is to be the next, Lord help me, JoJo Siwa. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's her life goal right now. We'll see if she pivots. JoJo Siwa has Teslas <laughs> covered in her face. So, I mean, there's definitely that might be something ultimate working. Ultimate goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, anyways, my parents just, I think, kind of like, made a guess. They like put my brother in karate. They put me in dance and the karate thing with my brother didn't really last, but I really, it wasn't even necessarily the dancing thing. It was more so performing that like Mm. I was my peak child self, like when I was on stage and I would come off and I would not feel as great or as secure or confident. There was something about like stepping out and like presenting something that made me just like Made you tick. Yeah. That was yeah. It. And so I I like your daughter, like I I didn't exactly know what it was, but I was like, this is what I'm doing. And so every day or I would find like whatever I could just to to do it. And first it was with dancing and then it was with with acting and music. And that's when I found— Were your parents stage parents? I'm the ultimate not stage parent. No. Like, I don't want my kid to be a superstar. (laughs) No, my parents—again, like, my parents come from medicine. Yeah. So they were like—they really encouraged the creativity of it, but I don't think they thought that it would become a career for me Mm. because that was the scariest thing in the world to them. You know, there's no degree that you can get in— music that like you can go to music school but that's not really going to do they knew nothing about any of that yeah so it wasn't until I was like 16 17 and was like hey I think I'm going to move to LA and do this and go to college my parents were like no please don't please please no and especially after the Friday stuff so yeah so so um when did you start YouTubing or did you do the music video first of all who wrote Friday not me no no Someone else wrote Friday. Yeah. Did someone approach you and be like, hey, I think no. you— No. No. It was me overachieving. <laughs> <laughs> I had found, like, this little thing. I was in seventh grade, so I was 13. Mm-hmm. Found something that my friend had done over the summer where it's like, there are so many of these things around the world where, like, these companies will be like, we'll make you a star. But at that point, I knew, like, all of that was 
Can I swear? Yeah. Bullshit. It is. And so at that point, I was like, oh, this is cool because I get to see what, like, a studio was like and, like, create a music video and, like, have a song. Like, that was something I just was curious, like, what the process was. And so over Christmas break one year, I just, like, did it. I couldn't believe that my mom even let me do it. Because, you know, my mom at the time was a single oh, mom. was it, like, a couple grand? Yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll throw a couple grand at you to make a music video? <laughs> well, it was like, I, at that point, you know, I, I knew that it was what I wanted to do, but I figured I would, like, go to college in New York and, like, do all of that and then one day and hopefully end up somewhere. And I truly was like, my mom will never let me do this. And then I asked her for whatever reason. I had some bravery. And she was like, I mean, it's a good experience. And my mom is Mexican. Like, Mm -hmm. she is, I will do anything for my kids, even if it means I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. Like, that was her. So she let me do it. Not a great idea, but financially at least. But, like, that's what she knew it mattered to me in some way. So you record this and you're probably having like the best time because it's fun. It is fun. I mean, you're 13. Like what a cool experience to be able to go into a studio and make a music video with your friends and have the whole thing. And then you decide or did they decide they're going to put it up on YouTube? Yes. So they put it up on YouTube. Yes. So that was like part of their whole thing. And I remember at some point like them mentioning that as part of the process. But like Again, like, there was, like, no what it is now on YouTube where there's so many people every day, like, blowing up and having careers Mm -hmm. off of the internet. It was—Instagram wasn't even a thought, I don't think. And and so they had mentioned that, but I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, this is just something cool for me to do. And they put it up, and it was one of those things where, like, I had kind of forgotten that it had even happened until one day I was like, oh, there it is. And so I saw it at the same time like anyone else would have, you know. Yeah. I did, I wasn't like creative controlling I anything. I think it's kind of genius. Like, I mean, it worked. Yeah. And so what's the problem? You know, I no. mean, like the problem is the, you know, hate that you got for it, obviously. But, it, you know, I, I still think that that is it's something that's still really prevalent in our society mm-hmm. of this um, hate culture, cancel culture it became a platform where people can voice their opinions and say whatever they would never really say in, to your face mm-hmm. on an online platform. Exactly. And for a then, I'm assuming you're probably 14 mm-hmm. at that point, probably, right? 14-year-old girl receiving all of this attention, that that's painful. It's really confusing. And it's exactly what you said. You know, it's really easy to go online and, you know, it's only grown since then to feel like you can do whatever you want. Like, of course, if you have a username, someone can, someone with enough experience in tech can find you. But like, there's the mindset I think of like, no one, I'm just another like username. I'm just another person watching this video. It doesn't, I don't know this person. I don't know this thing. And then with something like Friday that's already in itself like kind of ridiculous and then it blows up into this big thing. But is it ridiculous? I mean, you were 13 (laughs) years old. So I watched the music video and Mm -hmm. I listened to it and the whole thing and I'm like, 
I mean, this seems very Jojo Siwa. This seems very, like, is it that ridiculous? I think maybe for the time, because that was something that was unheard of. Sure. With the autotune and the whole thing. But it's like nowadays, I think that that, if Friday came out in 2018, well, let's go back, 2016, it would have been like. Totally different. Totally different. Well, you look at people like um, Bad Baby. It was from the Dr. Phil show and Jojo Siwa, (laughs) who these are kids, Bad Baby, who now her name? I thought it was Barbie. Oh. No, it's I think it's Bad Bad Baby Baby. with an H. Oh, Lord. Yeah, but these are kids who are my age at the time, and now they're out here with Teslas and record deals. (laughs) And, like, you know, at times I've thought to myself, like, would I have rather had that? Because there was, like, a taste of that at the time. There was, you know, a couple labels that were, like, super interested. But the thing was, is it was just such a new, like, risky thing at the time that nothing panned out. Yeah. And so you're just kind of left with what made it ridiculous was, like, everyone turning it into something that was bigger than what it was. Yeah. And I think also the—what is the word? Now I'm searching <laughs> for the word. It's, like, this— like cynicism of like, oh, this is bad. We can all agree that this is bad. Let's mm. like really, really hype it up. Yeah, exactly. Someone met, uh, I did a, you know, ask Rebecca anything and mm-hmm. someone said, what was it like being, because you both were memes before memes existed. Oh my God. Like one of like these most shared, mm-hmm. you know, pieces of, you know, online history mm-hmm. that just spread kind of like wildfire. It's, isn't it wild to think of that? Yeah. And that yeah. it still exists today. Like I still get, you know, the crying meme of me <laughs> almost daily <laughs> on my social platforms. And I'm sure that you do too. Sure. It's been like such a weird runaround for me. At first, I think my instinct as I started to grow up and realize like, all right, I'm not this this thing forever. I'm going to have different tastes and start to write music my own way and figure it out. At first, my gut was like, get away from it. Act like it never happened. Mm. You're different. That's like a dirty piece of baggage that we're just going to throw into there. I feel that. You know? Because you're like, I'm I'm more than that. I swear I'm better than that. But then it just chased me faster. Mm -hmm. And people threw, I mean, when I went to high school, because I was homeschooled for a few years to like figure everything out and you know, well, I'm sure it affected your mental health in major ways. Hugely. Especially being so young. I mean, you can relate to that. It's like Mm -hmm. when you're a teenager, you think that you know, like, everything and you know nothing. Yeah. And still, then you realize, like, you'll just forever know nothing. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Um, But going through high school for me, like, I was so badly trying to be tough and, like, not be, like, actually you know, tough and, like, cool and, like, I'm not this girl. And if anyone brought it up to me, like, I would get so embarrassed for I don't even know why. And it wasn't until a few years ago when I realized, like, what is the point and all of that? What is the point of acting like it's I'm embarrassed about it. So, of course, like, everybody else is going to be embarrassed for me. What an amazing thing, though, when – we can get to a point where we can own our past and, you know, and embrace it as just like a part of us. Mm -hmm. It's not all of us. It's not who we are. It's just like a small little fragment. And I remember 
the kind of power that I felt of, you know, when I could actually have a laugh at myself and Mm go, uh, you know, this isn't really embarrassing. This is just kind of like silly or sad or whatever it is. Yeah. And now I share the memes of myself online too. (laughs) I think... And I think that they're pretty funny. And um, and I have a laugh at myself. And it's kind of like, you know, we have one, like this one little fragment of time to be here. Mm-hmm. And am I really going to spend years feeling, you know what I mean, angry or mm-hmm. um, full of shame around this one thing? And so you didn't. And was the next step when you went on that show— that singer's show? Oh, the four. Yes. Yeah, I did that last year. Okay, um, so that was just last year. Yeah. So what were the steps of recovery? So you knew you wanted to go into music. You mm-hmm. decided you were going to persevere in high school? Um, I always knew, but okay. it was—the time came with, at least in my family, again, it's like there was no question that I wasn't—or that mm-hmm. I was going to go to college. Like, that was just how it worked in my family. And um, and my brother was, like, totally on that same path. He's, like, on his way to becoming a veterinarian as well. And I realized, like, oh, my God, when I explain what I'm feeling to my parents, like, they're not going to like this. And it was a conversation that I had to have. And so I had it with both of them of, like, I really want to do this for myself, especially now more than ever. And I just need to do it on my own. I don't need someone, like, holding me through it. I need to figure it out just for my own peace of mind. And it was, of course, like for any parent, like it's tough to swallow, not because they wanted me to be a veterinarian, but because they were scared. And it's it's a weird industry and a very dangerous like industry mentally to fall into or put yourself into. So I moved out to LA like two weeks after graduating high school. I turned 18. I was out. And my parents were cool with it. And I just, at first, like, I was here and I was writing some music and just, like, really, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I hadn't mentally dealt with anything. So mm. I was, like, really trying to figure it out. But I had absolutely no direction. And by chance, I met someone who I had had, like, you know, right after Friday, I'd had a manager and an agent and a publicist and this and this. But None of those people had any sort of a capacity in their brain to think of me. It was like all they saw was Friday and like what Mm. they could do to capitalize off of it. So at that point, I was starting to be ready to like find potentially someone again who could actually like stick in it with me. And I had no idea even at that point, like someone who was going to work with me as like a manager or someone as a team, like, it wasn't just going to be, like, we're going to write the music or you're going to write the music and put it out and it's going to be great. Like, I had so much mental and emotional, like you said, recovery to go through. And I had to finally face, like, what I had been thinking about myself the whole time. I don't know if you'll relate to this, but I heard someone say recently the one reason it had been really hard for them to, like, read any negativity about them was because they agreed with everything that the people were saying about them Mm. at one point, even though they wouldn't maybe be able to recognize it, like, on surface level, like, deep down, they just knew that people were right. 
And of course, on the grand scheme of things, that's not true. But when your insecurity gets that deep about yourself, all you think about yourself is negative. So I really had to face that and like learn how to have a voice for myself and learn how to trust myself. Because because I was so young, all of that had just been like scrambled and I had no sense of self. I also think we grew up in this, or you especially, your generation grew up in this time period where social media validation was really kind of at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. And it still is. It's still on the uptrend, right, where people, I mean, I think we're moving more into like authenticity um, Mm -hmm. in in a lot of ways on social media. Um, I hope so. (laughs) And we're censored for it um, sometimes too. But I think that people are trying to share their flaws and talk about who they really are and the things that they're going through. But as a child, being kind of catapulted into this online realm where everybody has an opinion and and it affects you. And I can't imagine that it's not affecting all of these little YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, kids who inevitably probably read the comments or, you know, get the hate mail or whatever, whatever it might be. And you can't deny that it's absolutely affecting your psyche, you know. Um, And so I think what you're saying is true is that it affects your self-esteem and you lose sight of who you really are because you've been told. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where someone tells you, if someone tells you your whole life that you're ugly, you're going to believe that you're ugly. If someone tells you your whole life you're a failure, you're going to believe that you're a failure. And so I applaud you for being willing to question and go, wait, no, I'm not all of these things. I'm so much more than this. And that work will continue to happen. And you were saying at the beginning of the podcast that 30s are the best years. And um, (laughs) I believe that that's true because I think that as a woman, you um, kind of start to come into yourself. And it's sad that it happens that late in the game for a lot of people. That really started happening for me early on. I think just because I got sober at 19, it was kind of like, you're either going to do the work or you're going to get loaded again. (laughs) And so I needed to do that work. And, um, you know, so I would say that, but at the same time, it's still not easy. And a lot of people would have probably just wanted to like bury their head in the sand and run away and escape from that. So then you came to LA and you by chance met someone who really wanted to help you. I met a few people who were looking to also do things differently, I think, Mm -hmm. It it happens in all, like, of course, you know, it's things that maybe people who are either listening to this podcast or just, you know, not in this city um, would hear much. But in all aspects of the entertainment industry, like, shit be fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, there is so much abuse of power in just the management world, like, in itself and in these companies and in all of that. And that's not my story to tell. But I had met a few people I don't know if, like, the universe, like, finally gave me a chance or whatever, but um, they were the ones who, like, dragged me out of the mud. And they realized, like, "Hmm, something's up here. And this was not just going to be, like, a cute little let's make some money and, like, have a little career and do some shows or whatever. It was like, oh, this is a person that really needs help. And 
at that point, you know, I'm still 18. Yeah. Not knowing anything. So the first, like, few years of me being out here was a lot of therapy, a lot of writing and, like, writing, finding the people who knew how to really listen. Because I would just, I just had never had that experience before. Mm. I'd never had anyone really in my life um, who had the ability to empathize. And that, like, once those doors were open, like, I feel like the floodgates just started, like, opening up. And it took a long time and a lot of, like, me thinking to myself, like, what, why do I feel this way? Like, why do I had to reflect a lot on the time of Friday and, like, kind of, like, go back in time and, like, just be like, it's okay, Rebecca. You are not these things. You're not Mm -hmm. any of that. Um, And I think a lot of us have, like, that for ourselves and whatever it is, you know. Um, And it's really helpful. I think that a lot of people don't have that, though. I think it takes kind of, like, a special thing for us to start nurturing ourselves and to replace that voice in our head because I do that too, you know, where I'm having a hard moment and I literally will wrap my arms around myself and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't have that. I feel like our resilience to life is so low because we are so impacted by various forms of trauma. And again, like the things that we read about ourselves on in the internet mm-hmm. and we validate ourselves from these likes and these, you know, how many downloads we get and whatever <laughs> else. And so it's so important to do that, though. And it's life changing. It is. Yeah. I think everyone has a reason to give themselves that hug and a reason yeah. to be like, it's OK. But you're right. It is so difficult to access that because it kind of also goes against I remember when I was 13 and I was, like, trying to figure out how to handle all of the, like, chaos that was happening around me. One thing that I had heard so much from people that I idolized at the time and just in general was, like, be strong, be strong. Like, you can't just, like, be Be strong. strong. (laughs) So you can put on this— a nice idea. It's a wonderful idea. But if you're not strong, like— You know, it, of course, you can try to fake it mentally, but if someone asked me to pick up, like, a 300-pound weight, like, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So that was something that I, I I wish so many people could – like, I love people like Brene Brown who talk mm. about the power of vulnerability. And the more that I realized, like, oh, when I actually give myself, like, some patience, it gets so much easier. And I am stronger, but it's like fighting against like a current is never going to do anything for you. So that is something that I do see more people talking about online. And I do see, you know, more people in on my side of things, whether they're like influencers or musicians being more open about. Uh, but I think there's such a far, far road, long road. Ahead oh, of yeah. Us. Yeah. I um I do too. And I thank you for bringing up Brene Brown. I bring her up in every episode. The people who listen to this podcast know. And I didn't have to do it this week. Rebecca brought the heat for Brene. She's um, good. She's amazing. And I will promote her until the day I die or until she comes on this podcast. <laughs> Brene, are you listening? Please invite um, me back for that one. Please. <laughs> she's personal idol hero yeah. of mine. We do have a far way to go, but I think that we are slowly but surely moving in the right direction because this is not sustainable. No. 
No. Idolizing Kylie Jenner is not sustainable anymore. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not. It, we can't keep keep on that way. We sure. have to learn to love and appreciate ourselves first. Sure. You know? So I think that that's super important. Um, so you start putting YouTube... And this is what I think is just so amazing. So you you had a following from Friday, but then you mm -hmm. went away for a little bit, and then you came back to YouTube, and you started mm -hmm. putting out these videos. Yeah. And what was the initial, like, feedback? Oh, God. Um, it was pretty okay. It was something where, like, I had never officially, like, gone away, I think, which is what made it so kind of convoluted it's like I would come and like put out a song that someone else told me I should put out or I should make a video that someone told me I should do and so at that point like it was just all bleh, Friday stuff meme stuff whatever which that's fine but still super negative when I began doing YouTube videos that was like for me one of the first times I was able to be like my terms I'm doing it my way I'm probably not going to do it that good because I'm not like a masterclass editor or, you know, I, I'm learning how to use a Canon T3i camera, which is bigger than something I should ever own. But it was something that was, at least at that point, you know, like in my world, it was me. It was me being 16, 15 and just like living my life and talking about my <laughs> dating life at the time, which was nothing. <laughs> Um, and talking about kind of what I had gone through with Friday, but I didn't really have the capability to really, I think, get into it because I just still was so young and trying to figure it out. I'm still young. I know. Anyone listening, that's like, you're still young. I know I'm still young. But um, through that, I was able to really find a community of people who just got me. And a lot of them saw me as a big sister figure. A lot of them have become like friends of mine at this point and have been there since the moment I started my YouTube channel, like really started it and are now like coming to shows and coming to concerts and flying, like I get to see them across the country and, and that. So that was a really big step for me in just like owning what I was and, and owning the stuff that I was putting out and learning that like, oh yeah, you are are, you can, and you should do it your way. You know, you should do it in the way that you're proud of. And so that was like the first step in getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it speaks to your willingness to kind of just like persevere and figure it out along the way, which I think everybody's doing, um, some more publicly than others. <laughs> <laughs> There's always been that thing. And, and I think you have it too. And sometimes I wish like, oh, I didn't. Like, I wish that I didn't have that thing to constantly just, like, keep going at it because it's really difficult when you're, like, going through the mud. But it's just there, and I think that's, like, the one the one thing that came from Friday for me that is just the best thing to have ever happened to me was, like, the unbelievable amount of empathy that I think I can have for people now. Mm. And the thing that it gave me to force myself to be honest when I actually did start figuring it out. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to help myself and I want to be the best Rebecca that I can be forever. But holy shit, I have like 
hopefully unlocked something that could help somebody else and help someone else get that sense. Because we're all sitting there on Instagram or on YouTube or like wherever we are looking at everybody and being like, wow, they're so great. I am so not great. But that's why I love music. And that's why it's always been the biggest thing in my world is because there's something in it that allows us to like reconnect with what really matters in ourselves, whatever it may be. So if you could go back in time, would you take it all back? <laughs> I just, I know. I mean, I know as in I would do it the same way. You touched on something earlier that I thought was so perfect. It's like people like you and I truly like we get, all of us get such a weird short like blip on this world. I'm like, what a crazy, unique experience we've been able to have. And it has led us, especially having it happen so young in both of our lives, like it has led us to become the people that we are. And I would not be able to have the conversations I have now if I never went through that. I would not be able to think about things, I think, the way that I do or anything. I'd be in a bubble. So I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I would not, if I could go back in time and change everything and not have had a reality show and ha- not have ha- had yeah. everything happen, I wouldn't take it back because I wouldn't be sitting on this couch having conversations with people like you showing the people out there that you can c- overcome public, you know, I hate the word humiliation, but <laughs> embarrassment, whatever sure. it might be, and overcome it. It's okay. It doesn't have to define you. It's literally a moment in time, and you will be able to move on and be able to persevere from it. So many people wrote in and had different questions. The first one is, did you watch Pretty Wild? Um, I did, but I was a baby. You know, I was thinking to myself, she shouldn't have been. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> I was a child, you were so a child. I don't know if I understood Did quite what was, what was happening, <laughs> but obviously. That's pretty great. So do you write your own music now? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So this one, this person wanted to know which song of yours was the hardest and took the longest to create. Ooh, that's a really good question. I put out a song a few years ago uh, called The Great Divide that was a really I just like cried the whole day I wrote it because it was fresh after um, a really like intense friendship, actually, that had just kind of like blown up in my face. So that was hard. But as far as like the hardest and longest, um, every song takes forever for me now because I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) And I it doesn't feel hard necessarily, I guess, because it's like, oh, but it could be better. It could be even better. Like it I just want the music that, like, I love to listen to, Mm. right? So anything that I can do to, like, just see if we can. Like, this music video. I'm putting out a music video this weekend. Um, I know it'll already be out by now. But um, literally, like, I'm supposed to have it done. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, oh, but we could, like, make that shot, like, a little bit longer. Like, we could just (laughs) really – it would make such a big difference. And no one else would notice those things. But I I love it. Like, this is a personal question. Who are who are your favorite artists right now? Whoa. I know um, that's hard. That's a big one for me too. <laughs> Blow I mean, that on my face. Labyrinth. Uh, do you know Labyrinth? Mm-hmm. He did um that song Jealous, not the Nick Jonas Jealous song. 
But he did this, I mean, all of his music is like crazy, beautiful. He's a, um, I believe he's English. I'm really inspired by, oh, you know Billie Eilish, obviously. Yeah, she's like. She's, yeah, like the biggest thing so in the world. I saw her at Coachella. World. I didn't know who Billie Eilish was. Everyone was like, are you fucking serious? Because, I, you know. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I listen to at my house right now is Fight Song on repeat because that's my daughter's By favorite. Rachel yes, because that's my yes. daughter's favorite song. So, like, that's what I that's listen to so on cute. repeat is Fight Song, Fight Song, Fight song. Alexa, oh play gosh. Fight Song. And it just goes on over and over in my house. And so I hadn't really listened to um, Billie. And then, you know, every year we do the whole... Coachella artist pass mm-hmm. deal. Wow. But the problem is I got sick because I always eat the stupid food that's been sitting out in those <laughs> tents for two days. <laughs> I know I should know better by now. You don't sure. eat the food at Coachella unless it's pizza. Oh, and maybe not pizza pie. even. <laughs> the spicy pie it's is the best. Crazy. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go see. Billie Eilish, I was so looking forward to it. And then guess what? Got food poisoning. Great. So Great. missed it. That is. But I'm a huge yeah. fan. And talk about authenticity, mm-hmm. right? And letting people see her just being her mm-hmm. and embracing that. I don't even like the weird wor- the word weirdness because it's not weird. It's no. just who she is. And it's amazing. And she's so talented and, I mean, just talk about, like, a beautiful soul. Yeah. She is. Your cover, which I listened to this morning at 8 a.m. Oh in my, my bed, God. <laughs> of I Love You, I'm I'm a crier. I cry oh, over everything. So but I, I cried. Oh so good. God. So good. Well, I cry when I listen to that song. Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, obviously, like, we all now, you know, by now, even Alexis knows about Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows about her. Um, I wish I could say I was, like, the first person to know about Billie Eilish. I, like, I always want to be that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. bitches, I knew about Billie Eilish before Billie Eilish was Billie Eilish. Like, I I, <laughs> I always want to be that yeah, person. I'm not that person. I am, like, I have such a—I, again, it's, like, this thing with me and music. It's, like, I am just always looking for what is out there. So it was, like, three or four years ago that I found Billie Eilish's uh, first song. See, and, you know, I want to be there you. There we go. It takes a lot of work, a lot of Spotify researching. But who I really, like, wanted to—I mean, he's also just becoming, like, the biggest thing ever now. But her brother, who is—because um, she's 17, right? And he is yeah, my I, age, I listened to them on Howard Stern. Yes, they're the best. And her brother, Phineas, you should listen to his music because he writes with her and produces all of her stuff. Yes. And he, we did a song together. Um as well like a year ago and he is like well he's clearly a genius a full genius song, I mean there are children my daughter's best friend is um the son, daughter of the Backstreet Boy there are children yes. <laughs> who are fucking prodigies Ava is a prodigy. She's wow. already learning guitar, piano. She can dance. She, I mean, this child is so beyond. My poor kid is eventually going to realize <laughs> that there is no amount of hard work that's going to turn you into Ava. I do believe Aww. that there are children. I mean, I, but she's going to be beautiful and do her own thing and mm-hmm. whatever. People are going to be like, you're such a bitch mom. But you know what? No, I'm honest. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I love my daughter. She's going to go on to do great things, whatever it might be, and I'll support her in whatever she wants to do, and she'll know that her whole life. But there are children that have a gift and there are, you know, that are artistic. And I guess my daughter, she is very artistic. Both of um, her grandparents and my husband are artists. But Ava is one of those kids. And when I listened to those two on Howard Stern, what I got was that they, and there are some people who are just old souls. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the vibe that I got. Absolutely. Just incredible, deep, profound thinkers, musical geniuses. And there are some people who just really, they're born with it. Yeah. And they know from birth. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think that is really what it is. It's like knowing what you have without having to shout it over to the whole entire world, yeah. you know? And they've always, like, even from, I remember the first time I stepped in there, they I don't think they're all there anymore. But, like, when they were all living in, like, this tiny little house in East L.A., mm. and, like, there is this immeasurable, like, presence that the both of them have. And it's not intimidating. It's not, you know, bluff or whatever it is. It is just, like, this thing that they were born with, yeah. that they are, they have tapped into. And it warms stayed. my heart. It's like, you know, that we know that there's, you know, that they felt and knew that about themselves and that they don't have to change anything. You know, like Phineas doesn't have to be like the next Brad Pitt <laughs> and Billie Eilish doesn't have to be Christina Aguilera. Right. And thank the fucking Lord that they're here <laughs> to say, yeah. no, I'm a badass and I can be and act and behave and wear and do whatever I want. And I think that that YouTube, I look at these um, stars. My girlfriend does all the hair for all the YouTube stars, the ones that mm -hmm. have no talent and just do like whatever funny shit that they want, the Tannas of of the world. Sure. And I'm like, you know what? She's letting her freak flag fly. She's doing whatever yep. the fuck she wants. And people love it. And so great. It is a sense of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And whether it be for the better or worse, like I love Tana so much. And I think it's for the better because here's the thing. It's for the better so long as everybody realizes that you don't have to be the next Tana or Kylie or Billy or Rebecca or Alexis. You can just be you and be amazing. And that makes you so valuable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be any of the other. You know what I mean? You don't have to emulate other people. And so I think it's cool that these people are coming out and just doing whatever they want and saying, you know, I don't care. I'm going to wear <laughs> this and act, you know what I mean, and do yeah. what I want, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions because I know people are going <laughs> to want to hear this. <laughs> I know. I really go on the tangent. No, I love it. Um, what is a day in the life of Rebecca Black? I wake up at 7.15 every morning and take my dog out. <laughs> Is it just clockwork or do you have an alarm? 7.15. I mean, it doesn't matter whether I, like, put an alarm or whatever. Like, yeah. I will wake up at 7.15 or my dog will, and we're out. <laughs> and um, What kind of dog do you have? I have a little rat. Like a chihuahua? <laughs> chihuahua, terrier, mix, something, something. No, she okay. looks like this little, small, like, fluffy, weird. No, she's not fluffy. Like, black. She's the best. The best, okay. cutest <laughs> thing ever. Um and so I am a mother to her. But a day is, like, it is always different. Right now I'm writing a lot. So days look like me, like, going to a stranger's house and meeting them and then, like, confessing my most deep, personal, like, darkest thoughts and making art into that. That's my day. Um, 
and then like going home and it's so weird. Yesterday I wrote this song that it was like one of those that I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I've been trying to do like forever. This is the song I've been trying to write. And it was a very like deep and revealing song for me. Like it wasn't me being like, I love myself Lizzo style, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that day, like this negative, like, you know, weird thing that I do, like, I ended up doing exactly that. It was just, like, this form of, um, for me, it's, like, running away from my, from the people who I love the most or, like, running away from, you know, when I'm finally starting to get something good. All there's something in my brain, insecurity, whatever it mm -hmm. is, that kind of just, like, messes it up. And so I did exactly what I had just freaking talked about all day and written about all day. That's another another thing for another time. I write a lot. I do a lot of different things. That's kind of the weird thing with, like, I feel like what both of us do. It's like every day is different, a different world. Yeah. You know? We wear a million different hats. And I think one of the most essential things is self-care. What are the ways that you take care of yourself? Hmm. I try to talk to myself a lot, if that makes sense. I think, like, I am very easily running on autopilot and mm -hmm. just kind of, like, letting, like, you know, whenever any sort of, like, insecurity pops up or anything, like, I'll just kind of, like, act like it's not happening and push through it. And, you know, regardless of everything that we've talked about in this podcast, I'll just kind of, like, run through it. But what I've really been trying to do over the last few months is, like, stop it and just be like, hey, that's fine that you feel that way. And that totally makes sense. But here's another alternative. Mindfulness. Yeah, Mindfulness awareness. is a practice that I think takes years and years and years to, to accomplish. so hard yeah. because, one, it's not, like, necessarily always fun. A lot of the time it's catching yourself in, like, your worst moments, right? And in those cases, at least for me, like, I just want to get out of there. Like, yeah. I just want to feel good again. I just want to feel happy. So actually, like, taking the time to speak, like, in my, at least in my own head to myself, it might sound crazy to people who aren't, you know, totally familiar with the idea, but just, like, things can wait. So mm. that's self-care for me um, more than, like, you know, in the case of, like, a face mask. I don't like face masks. I don't yeah. know. I might be the only person. No, but. <laughs> I don't like. I like getting a facial. Me too. I don't like. I'm. I. You won't catch me at home very often unless I'm having a major <laughs> breakout like I am right now with my like, clay mask. To try to correct, <laughs> but yeah, that's you know, like I want to go to the spa and be pampered. I don't want to yeah. pamper myself at home. Yeah. And I know that that's such a privileged thing to say, but it's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going with it. Yeah. So. Let's wrap with this. I want to know what your goal is from here. Where do you want to see yourself in, let's just say, 2020, this time next year? My goodness. I feel like there are so many things that, like, are finally clicking for me as far as, like, what I am wanting, what I've always been wanting for myself, like, as someone who is creative um, and finally kind of picking it's so funny because a lot of people recently have asked me um you know we're hitting like almost the 10-year mark on Friday so a lot of people are re-bringing that self like that whole world mm -hmm. back up and wanting to do whatever it is about it it's because we're entering the new decade that's what it is so they're talking about everything that's happened like in this last decade and a lot of it has been like in 
the Friday world for me. And I feel like finally, like in my own world, I am closing like the hurt on that chapter. And so um, it's new music going, doing the most in every world. Like this music video that I just did for my song that is coming out called Sweetheart. Um, it'll have just come out when you're listening to this. That is like, I didn't need to do a whole movie for that, but I did because I really, really wanted to. And I, I really want people to have that experience like when they are listening to my music or watching my stuff. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to capture that because it was so great. Um, I think your story is definitely one of perseverance, but more than that, it's shining past, you know, the traumatic experience and really coming into who you are. And I think that these next eight years of your 20s are going to be incredible. And I'm so proud of you for being willing to do the work too and being willing to show up for yourself in these major ways and not living on automatic pilot, you know, (laughs) and being willing to um, dive in. So I know everyone already knows where they can find you, but go ahead. (laughs) Well, thank you. First of all, like I I just – this was such a nice like conversation. Mm. I love to be able to talk about things that are a little bit bigger. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Ms. Rebecca Black as if I'm divorced, which I'm not. Um, But that's what the handle is. And YouTube.com slash Rebecca is where the music is out and the music video. And then wherever you listen to music, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, it's all. It's all there. The new song Sweetheart is out now. And I really love it. And if you want to watch me kill someone, um, watch the music video. Ooh. Yeah. I can't wait for that. (laughs) And everybody also go listen to her Billie Eilish cover because it will make you cry. (laughs) This week's affirmation is, I am courageous and I stand up for myself because I am worthy. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at recoveringfromreality.com or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 